Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 5-5-2017. My name is Jen Johnson. I'm a board member of CASA and joining me is Alex Clark, who is the executive director of CASA. Hi, Alex. How are you this evening? Good. How are you doing? I'm very good. Um, so as is traditional, what's new and exciting this week, Alex? <laughs> um, well, we had some really interesting news at the beginning an interesting news day at the beginning of the week mm -hmm. um but i'm gonna get to that okay. uh after a couple of other notes um okay. i did get uh alerted to a bill in pennsylvania mm -hmm. um hb 1309 uh which this is another run at uh including vaping in the state's indoor clean air law um, this bill was, uh, it was introduced today and assigned to the health, uh, the house health committee and the bill's sponsor is the chairperson of that committee. So, um, you, you can pretty much expect it to sail through that. Um, we'll talk about engaging at other points. Uh, I don't have a hearing date. I don't know if one has been established, but, uh, just so everybody in Pennsylvania is aware there's an indoor vaping ban that's on the horizon um and uh yeah with uh, you know <laughs> with, with, with all the stuff that's going on in pennsylvania i also was seeing some posts um you know there is a concerted effort to fix the tax situation in pennsylvania and um sure. I, I gotta i i think to kind of um add a, a, another voice to some of the posts i've been seeing um, it, it, that, that stuff doesn't happen for free. Um, no. there, there is a bill that needs to, you know, it, that comes along with hiring a lobbyist and okay. somehow that money's got to be made up. So, um, if you're in Pennsylvania, if you're a retailer in Pennsylvania, get together with the state trade association, um, sure. and, um, you know, put up some membership dues. Uh, okay. I, I, it's, you know, it, it's, you know, even the stuff that, that we do, that CASA does, it, this doesn't happen for free. We pay for the services that we use to send out, you know, to put up the calls to action. We yeah. have some, we, we keep our operating costs as low as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, there are things that need to be paid for. So yes. um, it, it's, you know, I, I think everybody may have this this notion that, um, you know, I think when you see thousands of people in the streets waving signs and chanting, um, you know, that somehow that stuff happens spontaneously and for free. Um, it, it might be the case in a couple of instances. Sure. Uh, but, you know, there, there is actually a lot of money, money that yeah. goes into things. Yes. Um, so uh, it, it's very helpful to have donations flowing to the groups that are, are focusing those resources in, in the right direction to advance our, our goals. So um, sure. again, Pennsylvania, um, yeah, it, it definitely in need of some funding. Yes. Um, off of that, uh, the uh, other thing that kind of came up this week um, sure. is in Maryland, um, Mm -hmm. Those who have been following Maryland, House Bill 523 was passed by the legislature. It has been sent to the governor for his signature. Um, and this bill enacts some licensing requirements 
um and, and one of it it's it's just such a it, ugh, it it's it's a very clumsily written bill and within the descriptions of the various licenses Right. The um, so you have a manufacturer's license, you have a wholesaler's license, right. you have a retailer's license, and then you have a okay. vape shop license. And within, did they have to get all of those? No, you okay. uh, you can a manufacturer, I believe, can have both a okay. uh, manufacturer's license and a retailer's license. Okay. Um, and that was to sort of take care of you know some of these independent shops are also making their own e-liquid. Mm -hmm. um, with no comment to what kind of facilities they're using, but it's just, that's a, that's a fact that's part of the vapor right. industry. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, you know, you want to make sure that you're allowing those people to stay in business. Right. But within all of those definitions, the only license that will allow you to, to make internet sales mm -hmm. is a manufacturer's license. So <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. And this was something that, that everybody worked hard to, um, clarify and keep out. There was there was just an all out online sales ban in the original version, yes. um, and that got removed and put back in and removed. And then in the eleventh hour, this weird limited online sales ban was put back in. Um, okay. You know, with very there was no discussion or talking with stakeholders or anything like that. It was done just you know, bang, yeah, yeah. Uh, within hours of of you know a deadline. So. Um, there is now, uh, we have an engagement up, I believe the Maryland vaping association also has their own push for, for retailers to get involved, um, for urging sure. governor Hogan to veto this bill. Yes. Um, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, we've said this several times, the trade associations have said this several times is that, um, you know, we, we have no problem with vapor businesses being licensed or registered with the state there's right. there's an obvious benefit to that it makes uh enforcement of uh you know uh restricting sales to minors mm -hmm. easier it makes it more right. efficient sure. and and i think that I, I think that you know businesses who are in compliance are happy to demonstrate that they are doing the right thing sure and um, and so you know that's fine. You know, for a nominal fee, you can you can implement that mm -hmm. regulation. And, and 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 you know, the business people that I've met <laughs> are, are are happy to go through with something like that. But mm -hmm. this goes well beyond that, and it's it's just way too complicated to really achieve. Um, you know, the 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 goals that the state should want to achieve right um so uh again uh people in maryland uh can send an email to governor hogan urging him to veto hb 523 okay. and i think that's what i've got from the state stuff there was a bill there's a tax bill that was introduced in michigan um we haven't ramped up engagement on this yet because i've been told that um, the retailers association there is, um, kind of, I, I think it, it sounds like they're making some headway, you know, without this blowing up into a huge thing. So, um, I, I just, I do want to at least mention that we're aware of the, it's an 81% wholesale tax in yeah. Michigan. <laughs> um, so we're, we're aware of it and, and I, you know, have, um, 
connections there. So it's, it's, you know, we'll, we'll, we will engage as necessary. Um, so, um, that's kind of the state stuff, mm -hmm. uh, in other news at the local level, I think okay. we mentioned this last week, um, and and I'm sort of looking for, I'm expecting things, I'm expecting work. Okay. <laughs> <Weekend>. <laughs> it's going to be kind of a crappy weekend. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm expecting some more details uh, over the weekend or tonight, I don't know. Okay. Um, but several several municipalities slash cities in California are going full steam ahead with flavor bans. Yes. Um, so there are hearings that are starting next week, um, and uh, and yeah, it's if, if you're in California, get up and do something about this. I, it's. You know, I I wonder if there are people in California who think like, oh man, we got beat with this proposition and other laws right. that passed last year. Like, if you think the fight's over, <laughs> just just stop yeah. thinking that. Um, yeah. It's it's not. There are, are many more things that they can do. New Jersey is an excellent example. Yes. Um, we've had this stupid flavor ban bill come up. You know, two sessions in a row. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we'll be looking at taxes and other stuff. And so it's not just because they implemented a bunch of ridiculous laws in California. It doesn't mean that <laughs> they're not going to get more creative with the nonsense. So yeah. um, the fat lady's not done singing yet. <laughs> yeah. So that is, and I, I feel like I have a list written down somewhere here. Okay. Um, uh, I know San Francisco, Contra Costa County, and two others that I just can't. Well, it's um, it's a California. It's going to be a California-wide thing. It always kind of is. It starts over with like Contra Costa County, and then it just spreads. It's kind of like a contagion. Yeah, definitely something in the water out there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to waste everybody's time waiting for okay. me to look it up. Suffice it to say that, um, yeah, it's happening, and and yes. there's actually kind of a um, Facebook group about it. Just look up California flavor ban in Facebook and you'll probably find it. Okay. Um, so um, that's that. I don't have any updates on the New York stuff. Um, that was last week and we talked about it. Um, but so to the top news of the week, um, we, everybody started Monday off with some disappointing news that the Cole Bishop Amendment was not included in the 2017 appropriations package for yeah. the omnibus budget. Um, but, and, and I, I know that this has been discussed by other people and, uh, and whatnot, but this is the Kassah podcast and we need to mention it too. People really need to understand just how close we got. Um, you know, Sunday afternoon sunday evening when they're talking about the provisions that they're going to keep in the spending bill we were still being talked about um this is a remarkable improvement from last time around where you know we were out a couple of days in advance like right. for a full week i mean we just knew mm -hmm. it wasn't going to yeah. happen um mm -hmm. so you know we've 
if if to use a football analogy, I think we were we got down to like fourth and inches, um, and 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 we weren't really interested in punting, so we're <laughs> shooting for a field goal. There is no there are no field goal <laughs> I know. In budget negotiations. <laughs> you, you're either you either get it or you don't. Don't yeah. So um, Cole Bishop is out of the budget for 2017, but here's here's the other side of that coin, uh, which is uh, we have another budget coming up in like in something like five months in September. Right. Um, and, and that's where uh, language from HR 1136 comes into play. So um, HR 1136 is still active, is still mm-hmm. collecting co-sponsors. I put up a post today um, sharing that uh, we had over the past week or so, um, I think like six or seven new co-sponsors have, have signed wow. on from nice. Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Okay. Um, so sent that out to everybody in those areas today. And Let's of course, see. it's on our Facebook page. If you live in those states, definitely check the the nice list of co-sponsors that we're gathering and um, and send your representative a thank you letter. Um so, uh, you know, this, the, the support, urging support for HR 1136 translates to uh, support for uh, another, uh, another go at, at an amendment to the budget bill in September. Um, you know, where nobody's giving up on this and right. um, we realize that there's, you know, there's still a need for this immediate relief. Right. And speaking about immediate relief, um, so within the same, you know, within the span of like, what, I don't know, eight hours or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody wakes up to news about Cole Bishop not being included in the budget bill. And then later in the day we hear, oh, wait, but um, we're going to be getting this three month extension on all deeming related deadlines going forward, which pushes pushes us back to. I, th- I think the off the cuff uh, number was November 8th. Right. Um, so we're no longer talking about August 8th, 2018 as the deadline for pre-market tobacco applications. It is November 8th. Right. So this is, and, and I'm, I'm just going to put a, I guess a word of caution out there. This sounds pretty definite. I mean, it was in the Washington post American cancer blogged about it. Um, I'm sure campaign for tobacco free kids just, <laughs> got crazy um it is still not on the fda's website Uh, the effective dates are still august 8th august 8th august 8th so Mm -hmm. um i I will be curious to see how quickly they get their website updated but um at least as of now there is word that there is that three-month delay okay um, which does make sense because, and, and I think to some extent, I think a lot of people may have expected this mm-hmm. because the agency was already delaying things like um, the ingredient listing and right. um, the harmful and potentially harmful constituents that, mm-hmm. that you know, there were two dates that were coming up. Right. Actually, one has already passed. Oh, and in registering your products, that's it. Um, so product product registration and then harmful and potentially harmful constituents ingredient listing mm-hmm. etc all of those things were delayed right. uh, so it really does only make sense that they would i mean lawsuit or not it made it makes <laughs> sense that they delay um for another three months right um so um that's that's a good sign 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this with some cautious optimism. Um, you know, the ask is still out there to Secretary Tom Price to delay full implementation of the deeming rule for another two years. Um, three months is is good, and it's really based on the Cyclops vapor uh, lawsuit in that the, the, and the new administration at FDA needs to, you know, review the rule, review the lawsuit, kind of see what's going on. Um, it, it's, you know, it's very similar reasoning to why we just now got done with the budget. New administration needs to get up to speed, um, needs to understand the issues. And so um, that's where they're at. But um, we still, we included this in our announcement um, this week about Cole Bishop. Right. Um, we are still urging people to send letters to HHS Secretary, Secretary Tom, Price, Tom Price, urging him to delay. And I still have to get to the post office um, with a bunch of letters from uh, Atlanta. Uh, I, I waited, we waited, you know, until after the whole budget thing to do anything with this. So um, I will be posting up more details. If, if anybody needs kind of a, a picture type step-by-step -step version of how to package these letters that you're collecting, um, I should have that up in, a, in another day. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's uh, relatively good slash interesting news. Um, and then... Uh, so the other thing that is, I think at the forefront of a lot of people's minds is all of this talk about healthcare. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything about this. Um, I'm not even really going to pretend that I know anything about it. Uh, healthcare is one of those confusing things. And I actually resent the fact that we call it healthcare. It's health insurance. Um, right. It's not care that my, my insurance company has never cared for me. Um, <laughs> I, I know this because I've been dropped from two insurance companies for, oh. um, yeah, I, that, many years apart. But um, so, uh, but, you know, one of the things that's coming up in this whole conversation is uh, Medicaid. And I just kind of wanted to take that, this opportunity to remind people that a lot of people on Medicaid are smokers. And uh, this, you know, I, I'm sure that other people have thought a lot more in depth about this and mm -hmm. made other arguments. I know that Greg Conley has used this in several opportunities, but, um, you know, while we're out having conversations with lawmakers and so on, um, I, I think it's, it's a valuable point to bring up. Um, and I'm looking at an article from US News and World Report from, 2015 okay. um and they at that point they were talking you know 70 million people uh are between medicaid and chip uh are, are covered um and then you know out of that number i hate to reference the cdc um, <laughs> and, and I, I will say with a word of caution not really sure how accurate any of this is mm -hmm. but um something like 29.1% of Medicaid recipients smoke. And this wow. is, this is according to the 2014 national health interview survey. Okay. Um, so 
you know, compared to the general population, you have a disproportionate number of people who smoke who are covered by Medicaid. And sure. it is not out of the realm of possibilities that that almost 30% of people are responsible for a large, a large number of medical bills associated mm -hmm. that can be attributed, that can be attributed to their smoking, certainly are attributed to their smoking. Um, and I'm using attributed in the way that, you know, oh, you smoked, you smoked once when you were 15, <laughs> clearly, clearly your bronchitis is a result of that. Sure. Because um, no one ever gets sick otherwise. We yeah. all just live forever if we didn't smoke. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit of hyperbole, but it's, you know, it, I think it's not too far off the mark. Well, it's not how far, it's not far off the mark of how they say it. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> um so yeah it's just it it's uh it's it's one of those points that we don't talk about a whole lot um we but, don't uh, but if if they really wanted to take those healthcare bills and drop them down you would think they would be supporting something that was a palatable choice for people to make you know as far as switching goes yeah, you know, I, I never, um, you know, the state of New Jersey, the U.S. government, like neither, none of those people ever sent me a check to go out and buy vapor products. Nope. I just, you know, I purchased them like I would go to the store to buy a bottle of milk. Um, mm -hmm. I don't drink milk, but if I did, I, that's, you know, a scenario. Um, right. So, yeah, you know, with, with no expense to the taxpayers, uh, millions of people have switched to vapor products. And um, I'm just, you know, that there is a, there's an argument to be made there about how many millions of dollars we could be saving the system if vapor products were promoted to mm -hmm. smokers. And, and I, you know, we say this over and over again, but, you know, this is sort of in that, um, the idea that we may have new listeners that are not fully up to speed on this. So, sure. um, so that's why I bring it up. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. It's a valid point. Yep. Um, so I think, oddly enough, uh, I, I felt like this might have been a longer episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know uh, the um, last week um, they wrapped up the quote-unquote hearing in Heartland, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. That was um, some watch. <laughs> I, I, I watched a little bit of it. I have not I have not taken the time to go and, and, and watch everybody's testimony. It's a lot a lot of it I have, you know, we've heard before. Um and I and I, I do kind of want to um I I I think that we should probably be measuring people's expectations about this effort. Um, okay. I think probably the most accurate way to talk about this is it's, it's another tool. It's another mm -hmm. potential sure. pathway, but in reality, what this is, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm either quoting or paraphrasing somebody, this is a legal theory. This is not a demonstrated tried and true pathway to fixing, uh, the regulations, as okay. as it pertains to FDA, mm -hmm. um, you know, this has certainly been used with with uh, in, environmental regulations, mm -hmm. but uh, no one has ever done this with FDA, and so sure. it's still, you know, arguably 
um, you know, we don't we don't really know if if the whole coordination um, theory applies. It's experimental. A bit, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I and I say this just because I, I again, you know, it's like with everything else that we're doing. I think people need to have have measured expectations about this stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we say there's a very similar sentiment toward legislation. Um, you know, so for example, while we're, you know, since we we're talking about healthcare, um, people are panicking about the healthcare bill. Well, it's only passed one house. Right. It, it went through the House of Representatives. It still has to go through the Senate. What we see on the other side of the Senate may be remarkably different than what went in. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's not just that. I, reading what passed and then looking at it, there are certain committees that the Republicans were supposed to send this through. Mm -hmm. And one of those committees would um, exempt them from being covered under it. But because they didn't send it through that committee, and in fact, seemed like they had no idea that they should have, they might be covered under the same exact rules the rest of us will be with the repeal and replace. Um, the uh, there was I saw I watched a bunch of this on C-SPAN. There was uh, an Love amendment. There was amendment that was there was an amendment that was voted on that would have um, removed the exemption from uh, of. Uh, I guess members of Congress were, were exempt from the Affordable Care Act. Right. Yeah. So I, there was there was an amendment that was voted on. Um, yeah, but no, it, never it, that exemption. Yeah. Yeah. Can be so interesting. And, and, you know, and and so all of this <laughs> to say that you know there there you know when we talk about legislation when we talk about Cole Bishop I'm sure there are lots of people out there who are you know who heard the news about Cole Bishop and thought wow we're done for. Um, and, you know, when we went into this, the, the 2017 legislative season, right. um, which I may or may not be a thing, um, <laughs> you know, we went into this with the understanding that there were many irons in the fire, that we're, everybody is taking multiple angles of approach here. We've got legislation, we've got the, the, the rider in the budget, we've got mm -hmm. Um, the lawsuits, multiple lawsuits. Right. We have, you know, potentially uh, relief coming from the administration. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this thing with Heartland popped up. So, right. you know, that's, these are all kind of their own separate avenues. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it, just because one option, you know, doesn't become viable or whatever, it doesn't mean that all the other alternatives or other other pathways are defeated yeah. um and and this is a this is a long progress process mm -hmm. and on that note um i should bring up the duncan hunter bill um again um this is uh you know so that's that that would be six <laughs> <laughs> so six things now right. um the 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 um Cigarette Smoking Reduction and Electronic Vapor Alternatives Act of 2017 um, is, you know, again, people should measure their expectations about this in that, you know, first of all, it just got introduced last mm -hmm. week. And, um, you know, there, there is still a lot of work to be done on this bill. And, uh, and we know that the Duncan Hunter's office knows that um, other, other groups know that. 
a lot of stakeholders know that. So, um, you know, but we, we got to start somewhere. And, and so people should, should look at this and say, you know, Hey, that's great. We, we mm -hmm. got a piece of legislation. Uh, right. now, now we've got to refine it and, uh, and get it moving. Mm -hmm. And that process is likely to take years We're yep. it's, it is not likely, not likely that mm -hmm. we will see this bill pass in 2017. Right. Um, which means, you know, if we put all our eggs in that basket, it means the vapor industry is going to go out of business before we get any kind of relief. If that was the only piece of legislation that people were sure. supporting. I figured, so, yeah, I figured, you know, it doesn't hurt to support everything, but there's certain things that are tried and true. And then you have the experimental just kind of, yeah. 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 And then there are certain things that, that, uh, you know, some of us are more suited to put our resources behind than others. So, um, you know, the, the, the really, the really, really important thing to know is that, um, everybody's sort of in communication with one another and, and coordinating as we work through the process. So, mm -hmm. um, so and this yeah, process, was... thank you, government. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd rather it be a process than just some, you know, bureaucratic arbitrary, here you go, yeah. saying like, well, that sounds like a great idea, you know, yeah. that's, that's not how policy should be made at all. Even though well, no, no, I wasn't, for once, I wasn't slamming the government. I was just saying, thank you, government. You know, I mean, <laughs> the fact, no, for, for the vaping industry, one of the blessings has been that the wheels of governance turn slowly. That's true. You know, it, it really has been. I mean, it's got, really allowed vaping to expand and and to, for more people to be helped. To, go ahead. We got we got seven years out of slow moving agency action. Yes. You know, and you know, who knows who knows what'll happen next week. Yeah. So I think that's all I've got okay. for this week. All right. Oh, oh, oh. You lied. <laughs> One more thing. Okay. E-Cigarette Summit is in D.C. next week, uh, okay. Monday the 8th. Um, okay. I, I don't know if, they're, uh, if, the, if, if all the slots are full, um, but if you are in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area um, and can make the trip, uh, I strongly suggest that people attend. Um, it will be a day for there, there are going to somebody actually, I think Bill Godshall pointed this out in his update today. Um, CASA is, you know, we're really kind of the only, uh, quote unquote pro vaping people that are, are on the agenda. Um, there are a lot of the usual suspects in anti-nicotine and tobacco are going to be speaking at this thing. Um, which is, is probably not what people would expect to see at an yeah. cigarette summit. Um, but uh, this will be an academic science-y kind of seminar. And, sure. um, you know, we, <clears throat> we got uh, Jennifer Berger Coleman and Brian Carter on. Nice. To, they're going to be on panels. They're not giving their own presentations, but they're going to be on panels. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and we will be showing up with, uh, so, you know, with our, with our people. Um, sure. you know, we're going to be there to ask tough questions and, uh, awesome. we'll also have a, a nice, uh, table display with the, uh, an actual representation of the 
timeline of electronic cigarettes wow. um, to uh, to sort of illustrate. I, I fully expect to see some of the public health people walk over and be like, are you kidding me? Um, the, <laughs> the usual suspects, the yeah. body parts brigade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we're hoping to open some minds. Well, I um, figured that'll educate them. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be a, a good couple days in DC. Um, so so again, e-cigarette summit in DC and make sure that you're looking at the correct one because there's also um, e-cigarette summit in London, which okay. is in November. Sure. Um, you don't want the one that's in November. You want the one that's next week. Okay. And that right. is it. Okay. I swear I don't have any more. Okay. Uh, thank you for everything you do for us, Alex. And we will see you next Friday. Yep. Um, and for everyone listening out there, you can get CASA updates at CASA.org. You can get CASA updates by following CASA Media at SoundCloud or by going to the iTunes podcast store and typing in the search window CASA uh, Media. And you will be able to download the podcast onto your favorite podcast management app and get updates as soon as they go live. So you will always know what we are doing. Um, thank you for listening.